0: Welcome to Well Said, a podcast produced by the Well Community Church and hosted by Mary Graham and Tori Mayo. Our desire is to equip you with the knowledge and confidence to apply a biblical perspective to current topics while building and strengthening connections around our church. Join us as we explore how our faith intersects with the world around us. Good morning. What up, yo? Hey. How are you? I'm great.
1: Um, You know, technically, this is episode nine. Uh, but we actually just shot episode 10 first because yeah, we, we had some special guests, which you'll see in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I get excited. Mark but there was calendar. a
1: lawnmower and a little weed whacker. So if my we make it out, your phone went of off, which that was really impressive. If you want to hear a cultural difference, a la our conversation <laughs> a few weeks ago, if you can catch Mary's ringtone Oops. as the Easter egg, If then anyone you'll see. knows me,
0: you will be absolutely zero, have zero surprise on zero what my percent. ringtone is. Daniel
1: started to step in, so it was great.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, okay. Yes. Okay.
0: All right. Today's a big day. Yeah. I'm really excited about this episode. This yeah. is our spiritual warfare Q&A. Dun, dun, dun. But as you know, before we can get into that, we have to do an icebreaker.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but today's is a
0: we have two would you rather's. Okay. All right. Okay, so here's the here's the first one. <laughs> would you rather be fluent in all languages or be a master of every musical instrument?
1: A language, easy. Explain. Yeah. Um, I would rather be able to talk to people than to be able to like... Entertain is not the right word because you can definitely serve through music. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, at some point, they're not going to be able to have some depth. But to think about like, I could go anywhere and talk to anybody about the gospel, about just their life, about to be able to see scripture in different languages Mm -hmm. and to be able to like, oh, wow, that's interesting. In Mandarin, it means this word but and you know this Persian language is this and then an English language is this like that would be dope yo. So I would pick languages in the heartbeat. That's
0: really good. That's also a very holy answer to like be able to speak and love other people. I struggled with this one knowing how much I love music and like I loved playing the cello. I don't know if you knew that I once played the cello. Did not know that. Middle school and a little high school. Loved it. It was great. It's like being able to be proficient at anything I wanted to touch would be so cool. However, very selfishly, I wanted to do fluent in all languages, not so that I can like holy like you <laughs> share the gospel with people that I don't know speaking sure languages. Was a
1: compliment or a... It was, it was, <laughs> okay,
0: uh, but because I want to read the Bible in its original language
2: mm-hmm.
0: and understand it.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
0: I want to see and read what they read instead of Playing this reference in word search game. But all you know, the, the angels so cool.
1: are sitting there playing instruments in heaven. And do you think the angels know all languages?
0: That's a great uh, question. Let's keep going. I don't know. Yeah, let's no, question. No. <laughs> okay, okay, this is going to be a long one as it is. All right, second, would you rather is would you rather live in a place where the weather was always 100 degrees uh, or always 32?
1: Oh my God, that's 100.
0: 100? Yes. For sure. Uh,
1: I would rather live in a place where the weather is always 178 than 32. (laughs) Living in the cold is traumatic. Like, I'm like, I know I grew up in some rough, you know, situations and circumstances. I'm like, the cold had to be one of the most oppressive things in my upbringing. I hate, (laughs) I hate the cold. In fact, I say this often. I say this often. Uh, there's pictures in the scriptures of uh, hell being a place of fire. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know if that's actual. The the reason why is some what Gehenna was. Mm -hmm, It was this mm -hmm. trash heap and burning and this imagery. So we don't really think it's necessarily like a bunch of flames. That's not what hell is. So if that's your mind, you probably should get out of your medieval thinking. Already challenging people. I love it. But I'm like, if it were flames and if I went to hell... Mine would be ice. It would not be flames. It would be a bunch <laughs> of ice all over the place. I hate the cold. I would rather... We could talk about this question for like know, the next 10 minutes. I, I would rather be hot all, right, all day. You're going
0: you're wait, to wait, sweat. Wait,
1: can, can I give one th- analogy? All right, go for
0: it. Here we
1: go, okay. <laughs> your body regulates at 98.6 degrees. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: That means 100 degrees is 1. 1.4 degrees off of your regulating temperature.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: 32 degrees... Mm-hmm is like 60 whatever degrees off of your regulating temperature. So when you're hot and you go in AC five minutes later, you're like, okay. When you're cold, Joe, you can get in saunas. You could take hot showers. You could do whatever you want. You will not warm up.
0: Okay.
1: I'm ready to preach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's your answer? What's your answer before I start preaching? So I I, I see both sides, Mm. right? I'm going to...
1: It's very, very political. Yes, I I very much do. I
0: understand there are pros and there are cons to both. However, I love duck hunting. Uh I can't duck hunt in 100 degree weather. Hmm. I love wearing a coat. I love wearing boots. I love wearing. I am not a fashion person at all, but I love boots. Wow. I love a jacket. I love like sunshine and like. Cold on your face and being warm. I like being warm in the cold. Hmm. Like, I like sitting hot
2: chocolate on a fire. frozen
0: morning, you know, or like sitting outside with a blanket. Now, 32 degrees, you can't do that. Fair enough. But I got waiters like, are in like the same thing. Like, your inside is warm. So, like you can come in and get warm as long as you don't get too cold outside. Mm. I think. I think that I would pick the cold.
1: Out of all of our diversity, this is where sweating. I feel the most diverse from you. Yeah. I feel a distance right I... now. <laughs> we, need to, we need to reconcile. We need a racial reconciliation, a weather reconciliation conference. A weather
0: reconciliation. <laughs> I get it, but I hate sweating. Yeah. I hate sweating. Yeah, I hate feeling gross. Yeah, I, do I don't want to wear sunscreen every single moment of every single day. And get sweaty and like, yeah. just, ew, I don't like the hair and sticking to me. In the... I feel
1: you. So your fingers will fall off from hypothermia and I'll just sweat a little bit.
0: Well, you just you. wear gloves. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: you know, like once it's mm. too hot, like and too, like I love scalding hot showers. Yeah, It is a hundred degrees that's outside. True. Okay, I do I really cannot, like hot showers. I cannot that is true. burn my skin off I feel in a you. hot shower. I do. Yes. So I, that's I thought fair. about it with like, what things do I like that happen with mm-hmm. cold weather versus warm? And I pre- I like and live in. Happiness in the cold versus the warm. So,
1: yeah, that sounds like spiritual warfare. Which, speaking of,
0: yeah, hey, okay, back on track. Stick with us, please. We've got
2: got a lot of
0: great things to cover. We've got a lot of great questions to answer. And so, should we just dive in? Yeah,
1: we'd love to dive in. So, what we'll do is we'll kind of interview each other a little bit. We'll ask each other some questions, answer, we can Mm -hmm. chime in. So, for you at home, that's what we're doing here. So, uh, I'm going to pitch you the first question. Um, it's, it's a spicy one. Oh, no. Okay. Ooh. Um, the question is, can a believer be possessed?
0: This is a great and complicated question. <laughs> I have written out my thoughts. If y'all are actually watching this, I'm going to do my best to stick to my notes so mm. that we do not spend 30 minutes hours. on this conversation. And so I think this is a great question. I think it's an important question. Um, and I think a lot of us would at first thought, say no. Mm -hmm. When we think about different scriptures, we see scriptures that talk about being a part of God's family. Uh, We know that as we become believers, that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. So how can we have darkness and light exist within us? And we're sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of us would say, no, even I've got all of my scriptures Mm -hmm, literally mm -hmm. tabbed and marked because I'm a type A person. But Colossians 1.13 even would say to us, that here we are, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. So there's a lot of scripture that would tell us no. However, I've learned a few things that I would like to present and challenge us with in Mm -hmm. terms of our understanding of what the words possess and possession mean and what they've come to mean in our culture and what scripture says about them. So- Come on basically english the word possess we think about that denoting ownership like mm-hmm. to own properly the little literal definition is to have and hold as property we talk about possession we're thinking about being influenced or controlled by something else. Mm -hmm. So I think that those terms can be confusing to us when we think about, oh my gosh, can we be owned by Satan or demons? Can we be influenced? And um, we talked about Michael Heiser in Unseen Realm. He Mm -hmm. also wrote a book called Demons and what the Bible really says about the powers of darkness. He's a really great kind of helpful thing to kind of get our thoughts going on actually starting with this word. Possession. He says hmm. the word possession never even appears in the Bible in the passages where Jesus or the apostles cast evil spirits out of an individual. Mm-hmm. The expression demon possessed or demon possession does occur in some English translations of the Greek text, but there is never a Greek word for possession that stands behind it. Demon possession is always translated with a single Greek word. And words for ownership or possession are absent in the original text. The expression, he has a demon, does appear in the Gospels, but the inverse, a demon has him, never occurs. So first Mm -hmm, I want to say, this is really important. I want us to understand that we can never be owned by Satan or demons. Yeah, We can never be owned by them. Nobody.
1: No one. Not just a believer. There you go. Nobody, because all of us are made in the image of God. He is our creator, therefore he is our owner. Yes. In that especially sense. as totally. Christians,
0: First Corinthians would tell us that we are, tells us to, you know, honor our bodies because we are not our own. We were bought with a price. Mm. We belong to the Lord. The Christ's blood has done that. However, I would say that scripture would tell us that we can be under a high degree of influence or control by demons and certainly oppressed by them so mm-hmm, i think shifting mm-hmm. our language from this possess idea in ownership to understanding influence control even and oppression mm-hmm. are helpful so let's talk about that there's come on, a couple you're of us passages. some scholarship right
1: now girl come on this I is good i spent
0: some work on this, this. people asking these difficult questions i want to come with the scriptures <laughs> mm, this right is this is, is the truth yeah, i yeah. don't have anything to offer than what I've learned from God. So first Timothy four one tells us, now the spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith. That means people who have known, these are talking about Christians, will depart from the faith, devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons. Mm. Someone is under, that was a Christian, a high degree of influence, even maybe control by an evil spirit. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, 23 through 26. Um, <clears throat> Timothy is being told to kind of gently rebuke some folks here. And so it says, um, The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. Pay attention here, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by Yikes. him. Yikes. Come on. Right? Yep. Yep. So yep. So scripture does tell us people can be under a high influence, can even be captured and somewhat controlled. So a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we've got that. We've also got this term of oppression, which I think is a much helpful. That's really what we're fighting against because first yeah. comes oppression. And then it leads to this control and these things. And so scripture gives us a lot of warning about this. A Mm. lot of times it comes with suffering and persecution. We often read the first Peter passage where it talks about um,
2: Satan being the roaring lion. lion, And
0: we often forget verse nine in this. It's five, eight and nine. And nine says, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering or be experienced by your brotherhood. So we know mm. that wow. Satan and demons bring to us suffering and persecution is a huge way of this. And mm-hmm. so I think some of us right now are like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? I'm terrified. I don't want to be controlled or mm. influenced or mm. oppressed, right? Let's use language that actually helps us denote what's happening. Yeah, Semantics yeah, yeah, yeah. are important. Words matter, totally. Words matter. And so we see scripture gives us warnings. Ephesians 4.27 says, give no opportunity to the devil. Yeah. Ways to do that, man, don't- Stop, with, giving Stop
1: giving him footholds.
0: Stop giving him footholds. Habitual mm-hmm. sin. 1 yes. John 3, 8 says this. It says, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Mm. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Mm. Habitual sin gives a foothold. Um. I think another one we talk about is... um thinking about sin and resisting in uh, Romans 6, Romans 6, 6 tells us this. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Enslaved to sin when we participate in sin, when we participate in habitual sin, we have an opportunity to be influenced, to be controlled. And so mm-hmm. I think the things that we need to do as a people is First Timothy told us to, there will be some who fall away from the faith who are preaching that which is of demons. So we mm-hmm. need to be careful of false teaching. We need to be careful of temptation and we need to stop sinful life patterns.
1: So, so, so good. So I think good. I stuck to my
0: notes. I know that was like five minutes. No, but... stop
1: girl. That was, <laughs> you could have went for another 15 on that. For real, that was really good. I think if I could just add two Please. pieces of one thing that you're saying that I obviously told, it's like, man, like we're, we're giving the enemy a foothold and what's happening there is we are beginning to believe the truth of when we say that, what we're saying is he now stands on the throne of our heart and we start mm. believing him. Mm. So even Adam did, right? Like they give the enemy a foothold and then he begins to allow them to be confused, allow mm-hmm. them to... So like I felt that in my life as a believer, as a pastor, mm-hmm. where if there are seasons of hardship, if I've really been wounded by somebody and rather than wanting their blessing, their restoration, their, I start wanting their destruction mm. there. I want God to judge them and to give them what is due to them. I don't want him to treat me like that, but I want it for them. I'm like, who, who, who wants that? Mm-hmm. What type of being wants that? Does a godly being want that? that? Yes. Or does a demonic being Mm. want that? Mm. They want that. Mm -hmm. Zechariah 3 would show us that the accuser is there trying to shame Jeshua and he's like, give him what he deserves Mm -hmm. because that's what's going to happen to Satan. He's going to get what he deserves. And instead, God says, I'm going to give him what he does not deserve, give grace. So I felt it in my own life, like allowing the footholds. So who am I being influenced by? Am I thinking? That's oppressive thinking. And I'm trying to create more oppression for others Mm. at that moment.
0: So then you are as the devil sinning and being involved. And there's there's tons of more scriptures than what I did. If we start reading and again, kind of shift that lens, like we talked about several times as we've, talked about spiritual warfare and things like that. It'll, it'll pop out. 100%. It'll pop out to see.
1: I think one more thing that I'll, I'll add to this is, at times it's our own doing. At times it's the Lord's doing. Mm-hmm. That's, That's really difficult hard for swallow. us to hear. I
0: purposely left some of those out because I didn't know if he wanted to go there. <laughs>
1: and listen, and I think it's hard for us to hear because we so desire comfort. And I say this all the time, rightly so. Where we are going, there will be no more Correct. tears. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Paul says, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation. I've seen so many things. Yes. I would be tempted to start thinking, I'm that guy. I'm himothy, right? (laughs) Like a thorn was given to me in the flesh. Yeah. What type of thorn, Paul? Mm. A messenger of Satan to harass me. Yes. To keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I asked the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Like, okay, what's happening? It should leave me. It, mm-hmm. This is a, a messenger of Satan, a a a, a a a demon. Yes, is what we're saying here, yes. right? But he said to me, "Hey, my grace is sufficient. I'm actually made really powerful in your weakness." So Paul's like, "All right, cool. I'll, I'll boast in this," and I guess just lives under this oppression mm-hmm. to keep him from becoming conceited. And in Paul's mind, he's like, better for me to be momentarily wounded Mm -hmm. than for me to fall away from the faith Yes, and to begin to actually serve these demons and to begin to not see the revelations of the Lord and to not serve the Lord. So it's like, that's a whole other minefield. And obviously we can get into God's goodness and all of that. And there's a lot that I know can create question, but I think your distinction there is really key. Mm -hmm. Paul was not possessed here. He was fully under. He is writing right now. We believe under the literal influence of yes. the Holy Spirit, and yes. yet having this messenger that is afflicting him at the same time to maintain humility. And it's like, gosh, what master do you want to serve? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the Lord will even allow for evil to then accomplish His good. Joseph in prison for the saving of many. Yes, Paul's seeing it like this, right? And so, yeah, uh, yeah, all of that. Okay. Okay, Sweet. that was question one. Let's keep going. Ooh, okay. Rolling, uh, l- l- rolling, let me rolling. throw you another question here. Okay. Um, we just talked about sin,
0: right? Mm-hmm. And we
1: just talked about oppression and giving Satan a foothold and all this stuff. So I think this next question is kind of a tailing off okay. of that one a little bit. But… How is my resistance to sin tied to spiritual warfare or demonic warfare? Yeah. You kind of just touched on this, dive in a little bit deeper. Yeah, such
0: a great question. I want to start with James 4, 7, which says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from Mm -hmm. you. So I think that really touches on this idea of resisting sin. Like there is a need for us to... Know the truth and to push back from it. I think you know, you mentioned Adam and Eve, they did not resist mm. what Satan put in front of them. That's good, they did not resist the questions. Um, That's they good. fell into sin because they were received, were deceived, and were unable to resist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus in the wilderness, same questions, same struggle, same influence. He did resist. Yeah. And how did he answer those questions of the devil, the influence, the desire to be controlled? How did he answer that? The
1: Lord rebuke you. I'm about to quote some scripture. Scripture and truth, <laughs> right. the literal
0: words of the Lord. And not even just that, I think sometimes we know the truth, but we don't rest in the character of God. And wow. that's really the best way I think that we resist is the more we get to know God, we rest in his character because we can't believe what this word says if we don't trust who is saying it. Mm. So knowing that, and I think um, oftentimes we, we kind of toe this line between flesh and between temptation. And while a lot of times sinful impulses can come from the flesh, I think, you know, Jesus warns us pretty strongly about temptation and resisting in terms of being controlled in spiritual warfare. In Matthew 18, seven through mm-hmm. nine, he says, woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary, Is kind of what you talked about, that it does come, that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it yeah, off. Yeah. Throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the fire of hell. It is not something to play around with. Mm. Our resistance to sin is directly tied to demonic warfare. So
1: good. That's so good. Yeah.
0: Anything's um you want to add to that or you want to keep going? That's really good. All right. I have a question for you then. Okay. All right. This idea of spiritual headship. One of the questions was, why does it matter for us to be a part of the local body? So someone kind hmm. of asked a question about like, hey, you know, being excommunicated and how that affects all <laughs> of this. It was a very lengthy question, mm-hmm. but basically... Big theme, spiritual headship, excommunication. Why does it even matter when mm. we're part of a body? Gosh. Have fun with that one.
1: Uh I, well, I wish I had 45 minutes. So this <laughs> might be our future. Um, local church membership is so unbelievably significant, and we are so malnourished mm. to the thoughts as to why that matters. Mm. Uh, there's multiple reasons. That has nothing to do with spiritual warfare. Our own learning to submit to others helps us submit to God. Our own fellowship. It is impossible to keep about 60% of the New Testament commands outside of the church. Mm -hmm. There's all these one another's, right? You literally need to be in a body. And when people are like, oh, I can experience God by myself. Literally, you can't. Mm. Uh, Sure, you can experience portions of God but you cannot experience God. Mm. I hold because of the Imago Dei pieces of the Lord that you do not and vice versa and then all collective. And so there's a thousand reasons. Tied to spiritual warfare though, it's really clear in the New Testament that what the church is, is it becomes this spiritual covering. It guards you Mm. from the enemy. Real quick, nerdy Old Testament uh there are God's people, right? Israel. God was saying like, hey, I'm going to be your God. I'm going to protect you from these other demons that these other nations mm-hmm. serve and worship. In fact, in Michael Heiser's book, he talks a lot about the disinherited nations mm-hmm. and them serving other gods and yes. other gods literally ruling over them. But God says, hey, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to choose you. Worship me. Come up under my covering. I will be a shadow for you, mm-hmm. a rock, a refuge. I will hide you behind wings. I will mm-hmm. hedge you in behind the before. Mm-mm-mm. How many Old Testament passages talk about God's protection? This is what yes. it's talking about.
0: So good. To Jesus me.
1: would then say, hey, in the New Testament, the church now functions as this. So much so mm-hmm. that Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He's talking about this guy that is whiling out. This dude is wild, Joe. Yeah. And Paul's like, listen, you need to kick this dude out of the church. He's a little bit of leaven ruins the whole lump. He is ruining fellowship. Mm. The kind of sin that he is doing isn't even tolerated amongst the pagans, 1 mm. Corinthians five one says. And you are arrogant. You think that for some reason you can just do whatever you want with him. Ought you not rather mourn? Let him who has done this be removed amongst you. So Paul's serious. He goes into why that matters. And then he says this. You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. So what Paul's saying is you literally excommunicate him. You kick him out of the covering of God to allow him to go out in the world, to allow Satan to harass him, to ruin his flesh Mm. so that his spirit would be saved. Mm. So Paul isn't trying to get judgment here. He's not like... This dude's messing with y'all. This isn't, you know, some sort of like retribution negatively sort of theology. It's like, no, no, I want this man to be saved. The only way to do it is to allow him to experience what he's living in. He's trying to create hell inside of the church. Mm. Let him go experience hell so (sighs) that he can go, oh, dag, I actually need the church. So inside of the local church, there's Mm -hmm. covering. We pray all the time as elders. Yes. We fast for our people. We obviously are trying to preach, teach the Word. You and I as staff leaders mm-hmm. are part of that spiritual covering, but we're under the elders. The elders are under each other as well and under our congregation mm-hmm. as we love and serve them and they us. And, and we're all doing this together, trying to protect one another from Satan. Last thing I'll say to this is what I like doing a lot when we're in big groups is I like actually having everybody hold hands. Mm. And you've seen me do this. You've been with me often where I'll say, hey, what we're representing here is that we're all unified in this circle. We're all holding hands. And it's as if nothing can come into this circle. So things might kind of scratch our back, but nothing's going to actually hit inside of this circle. Mm. We are covering. We're all a part of this together. That's actually part of our responsibility as the church of God. Mm -hmm. And so... I think that church um, membership and not like, oh, I technically went through, but like I am submitting myself fully. The
0: commitment, the covenant. The
1: covenant. And that's why we we call it covenant community. To this, I'm a part of protecting this body. I'm going to try not to allow my sin to disrupt this. I'm going to try to help others in the midst of this. Like it's a spiritual war that we're in, whether we see it that directly or not, Mm. which because we're Western, usually we don't. But there's a lot of spiritual things that happen there.
0: Gosh, that's a great answer.
1: Thanks, girl. Yeah. So yeah. if you're
0: not a part of a local body and you're listening to this, please join a local body. Yeah. Seriously. Be covered in God's protection. Seriously. I love that Old Testament reference because you know I'm Love it. Geeking I love it. Out I love
1: over it. There. Geeking okay. out. Geeking l- out. L- l- let me ask this. Um
0: this is a fun one. All right. Have fun. <laughs> Why I- I- are you I'll come
2: up. <laughs> <ones? laughs> <laughs>
1: um, okay. Uh, there's an old testament story where Saul brings back Samuel from the dead. Yep. Okay. Um, it's really weird.
0: It's really weird.
1: But we know in our culture, people, there's mediums, there's tarot cards, witchcrafts, there's senseis, there's Ouija boards, there's all sorts of crystals. We're now, Beyonce is having us chant stuff at her concerts, (sighs) calling up on old African demons, all this stuff. So we see this in the Old Testament, like Saul calls up Samuel What's happening there and what should our response be to some of these other spiritual things? Yes. Like, should we be having crystals and consulting yeah. them in our home?
0: Yeah. Um, there's a lot to say about this passage. It is it's in First Samuel chapter 28, uh, starts in verse one and is basically the entire chapter. And mm. so it is 25 verses of really interesting things. Uh, Saul is being incredibly disobedient. I'll start with that. Yeah. In going to a medium to get answers. But we could talk about a lot of theological stuff. And I know that you have a lot to say about this. Um, but the most helpful thing that I found in doing all this is of course a cross-reference because that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things in understanding. Um in scripture terms of us, scripture. yeah. So so what does that mean for us? Like, can we participate with tarot cards or like, is it okay, or like going to get my palm read and like weird. Creepy Ouija things like that. And it comes from uh, Isaiah 8, uh, verse 19. And it mm. says this And then, and when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? Wow. So my answer is no. Don't mm. you play with that stuff. Mm. Is not a joke mm. and we are, we're gonna see that like in the story i think as you talk about it but, like even the medium is like surprised that he shows up and is kind of like flipping out and they're all and like he is angry like, <laughs> samuel's angry mm. angry but it's like why would we inquire of something that is dead and has no life when we have literally been given jesus christ yeah the creator of law life who give us life who restores and redeems so Isaiah 8.19 is my answer.
1: I actually love that. I almost don't even want to go into the story for real because I'm like, that is such a good… Don't be playing with this stuff, yo. It's interesting. The dead. The wages of sin is death. Mm. Sin and death are tied to one another. Do you Mm -hmm. know what else is tied to death? Satan himself. Mm. Satan is literally like the father of death. In fact, when Jesus takes the keys of death in Hades, there's there's all this marriage. It's as if Satan, sin… In the world, all create the exact same baby as death, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're all kind of married to one another in this kind of evil trinity. And so when we're saying here, hey, don't consult the dead. I don't think Isaiah is just saying, hey, literally like Samuel was dead. Don't do that. Yes, He's saying anything that is dead, when you have a living God,
2: Mm. when Mm. you have a
1: God who is, listen, not just alive, that's not how I was using that, who is life. Mm -hmm. I am the way, the truth, and life, life comes from me. When I breathe into you, you have my spirit, my life, my knowledge, my wisdom. Saul, you had the priests. You had... The Uman and Thumen, you had the lots, you had the temple, you had the prophets, you had all of these yes. things and people that are seeking life. Why are you going to something that is dead? So I think the only thing I would maybe add to that, I only yeah. want to get to the nuance of the story because y'all can go read that yourself and You're trip like, all over it. It's going to be… It, it, I, I wrote a it's whole fun. seminary paper on this wow. literal thing because it's so much like in this. So I'm trying to keep all of that out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, at the end of the day what's clear in the scripture, the final interpretation there is Saul did the wrong thing. You already said that. And the reason why is because even somebody godly,
2: mm.
1: like Samuel, yes. who was a man of God. yes. In fact, God's voice was absent that day to everyone but Samuel yes. when he first came oh, onto the so scene. So good. So I think what Saul is trying to do is actually maybe even perhaps, we don't know his heart, but perhaps it could even be good motives. Yeah. Hey, Samuel had the word of God. I don't know what to do. Let me seek this. Yeah. There's a
0: part where he like falls down to like worship Samuel. And he's like, what are like you doing? That's all he has left <laughs> yeah, of the totally,
1: Lord. Totally. It's wild. And so really what's happening here is Saul doesn't know how to seek God himself. So mm. he needs somebody else who's dead to seek God for him. Mm. Why would you do that when you have a resurrected Lord? Yes. When you have a spirit inside of you who, if you are a believer, is the spirit of the living God, mm-hmm. is one of his names and literally like so Jesus i believe with you he's alive exactly don't go to the dead exactly go to the literal life yeah and if you're going to the dead you're going to get dead truth mm,
0: you will get partial
1: that. truth half truth untrue truth right you're not going to get full truth and even samuel even mm. samuel is like why are you consulting me yeah um i don't have to i can't offer you still even while my body is in Sheol, which is a whole other conversation. He's not in hell. But while my body is in Sheol, I still am not, I'm not the Lord. I can't give you what you're looking for. Yeah. And because you did all this, you're about to be cursed. So this is on you, bro. He literally tells him
0: he's going to (laughs) die. Yeah. Like, hey, like this is going to cause your death. He went to the dead to get an answer and he died. And that's going to cause your death. Because I mean, Saul literally, Mm. It that whole passage starts with Saul killed. Mm. The Mediums and the necromancers Which, already. Hold on, yo, hold on. That's the don't law. we do
1: that? Don't we do that? Ooh. though? Don't we do that? Yes. Like I want to like blaze Saul, but it's like no. We do that. I do the same dang thing. We, we and it will create my death if yes. I'm not careful. And that's
0: exactly what happens. Don't be to messing him.
1: with that, y'all. For Please real, don't. I'm being serious. Don't mess with that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, sorry, Ooh. I'm I'm way off now. No, you're good. Um. Okay. L- let me ask another one. <sighs> The disciples try to drive out this demon, right? I feel like I'm asking you a lot at first. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Um, And they can't. And one of the gospel stories and Jesus says, hey, this can only be drawn out by prayers. Let me cast out by prayer. Uh, Why couldn't they do it? What was happening there? Uh, Man, these are good questions.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, this one is so hard. I'm just going to start with that. Like I've spent more time. Obviously, we got these questions ahead of time we prepared. I spent more time trying to figure out this than all of the other questions. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to preface with that.
1: Which real quick, I actually really love this. Uh, We prepared, but Mary and I often don't know what we're answering. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of like that. Like I'm like, gosh, some of these things you're saying are so phenomenal. (laughs) So there's a lot of preparation, but also a lot of like real interaction, which I just really like.
0: Yeah. So a couple of just to give, I think to answer this question, we're going to need to get some understanding of basically the story a little bit more. Yep, yep. So this story is found in three of the four gospels. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Interestingly enough, I learned as I was studying that John's gospel has absolutely no stories of demons.
1: I've never realized that. So yeah, you're right. Wow. Yeah.
0: Super interesting wow, that's another so thought, intriguing. but just a, a little tidbit for everybody. Huh. Um and so Mark to me was the one that had the most details about the story. Mm-hmm. So that's really where I focused in as I was as I was going through this. And so to give a quick synopsis, the disciples are arguing with the scribes. Jesus has actually come back from the transfiguration, is asking, what's this fuss about? This father speaks up and says <coughs> that his son has a demon, that the disciples tried to cast it out. They can't. Um, Jesus, of course, agrees to help. He has the common or well-known line of like, oh, faithless generation, how long am I to bear with you? He asks the father how long the boy's been suffering. And the father pleads with Jesus mm. to have compassion on them. And we get the famous line of, I believe, but help my unbelief. Um, Jesus commands the spirit out, takes the boy by the hand, lifts him up. The disciples ask why they can't do it. And Jesus says, cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. There's a lot of complicated things. So this is somewhat difficult. Um, Matthew 10, 1 tells us that when the disciples went out two by two, that they actually were given authority over demons to cast them out. Mm-hmm. So there's a difficulty here. So as I'm trying to answer this question, I want to preface first by saying, I don't know the answer.
2: Yeah.
0: I do not know the answer. Yeah. But I think that the search is worthy of worship and worthy of trying to figure out. hmm and so here are some of my thoughts. Sure, yeah. I'm gonna stick to my notes. Thanks for being patient with me, guys. Thanks, Jim. Um, at face value, if we just, we're just reading it at face value, the unclean spirit is described as deaf and mute. Hmm. So could it be that it just couldn't hear the disciples? Was hmm. it actually literally deaf hmm. Hmm. to? what was going on around, maybe the authority and the empowerment from them being sent on mission was temporary. Hmm. We know that in Acts, they're actually indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Was there a limitation? Of course, that doesn't really answer all the questions because Matthew 1 and every time before they go, it says that they were given power. So, I don't think that that's the best answer, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but face value, there's a thought. Uh, if we look at verse 29, which is the one that talks about, it literally says this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. When we look at um, this, Jesus is specifically, um, it references, well, let me start there. It references Luke 11, 23 through, or 24 through 26. And it says this, 11, 11, 11, Uh, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. Mm -hmm. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself and they enter and dwell there. And the last state (laughs) of that person is worse than the first. Uh So, okay, another thought. What if, I mean, Jesus specifically when he commands the spirit out, says deaf and mute spirit, leave and never enter him again maybe the disciples wouldn't have known to say never enter him again because it was that kind of spirit. Hmm. Maybe they'd never encountered that one before. I've never
1: heard that. That's interesting. So
0: maybe it would have caused more harm to the boy. And so Jesus didn't allow them to cast it out so that he could save the boy from further harm. Don't know. Mm -hmm. Also seems a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, wishy-washy. Now here's where I got a little bit deeper into things. Yeah. So verse 29, if we look at references for prayer, um, the examples that come up are of literal death to life. Hmm. So stories where someone had died and was then raised again to life. So it actually mentions Elijah raising the widow's son in first Kings. Okay. It references Peter raising Tabitha mm-hmm. in Acts nine. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I'll, I'll get there in a minute. What if so it talks about um, in uh, that the boy actually looked like, so it says, and after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse. Hmm. 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 What if he was actually died? Hmm. What if right Jesus asks how long this has happened from childhood this kid is seizing foaming mm. at the mouth seizures like that takes a toll on your body mm. tries to throw him in water tries to drown him tries to burn him what if he was so damaged mm. that the spirit leaving him actually his body wasn't able to live anymore what if that inside like was actually keeping him i don't know wow. right so it could have actually died like that language there wow. like a corpse and then we get further kind of confirmation of this idea and even maybe a little bit more su- support from verse 27. It says, But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up. Why does it add, and he arose? Hmm. That's language that's often used to talk about mm-hmm. arising from the dead. Mark earlier well, in his gospel, say he is dead. He is dead, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like hmm. in the story, hmm. uh, in Jairus's daughter, it uses that same term that after she was raised to death, that she arose, same same author, same thing, right? This is Mark's gospel is also written by um, first person's accounts. Yep. So, right, this idea of like a corpse doesn't tell us whether or not the boy was actually dead. It's what people thought. So super, that one's super interesting to me. So did the boy actually die from this? Is that why mm. God didn't allow the disciples to cast it out? Because the boy would have died? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting or thought. Did he die? Wow. You know, I think another part, um, just to tie it to the gospel, because I think that's helpful mm-hmm. also as we're thinking about this. Um, every time the story is in the gospels, it comes after the transfiguration,
2: hmm.
0: which is interesting because Elijah's there and so is Peter, mm-hmm. which are both the references to the story. Mm-hmm. Both of mm-hmm. them raise people from the dead.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Well, wow, that's interesting. Uh, this also comes right before, mm. in everyone, before Jesus tells of his own death
2: mm.
0: coming. And then the disciples argue, who is the greatest? So are we seeing this gospel that Jesus is the help? The passage about uh, Him arising references um, Isaiah 41, 13, which talks about uh, 41, 13, for I, the Lord, your hand, hold your right hand. Hmm. He lifted the boy with his right hand and says, um, I am the Lord who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Are we trying to see this bigger picture even that this is trying mm-hmm. to tell us a story of like, although we have authority and power, Jesus is still the greatest, mm. right? That he's still the ultimate one who would come. Other references to death, which I think are really interesting. In uh, verse 18, sorry, I'm nerding out, but I'm really loving this. So this. And it good. caused me to worship. And I just, I want to yeah, yeah. share it. I'm sitting here, I want to share it. Verse 18 says, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth. That grinds his teeth is translated elsewhere as a gnashing hmm. of teeth.
1: Like gnashing teeth, wow.
0: Which, what is that? Yeah, I've talked a while. Tell, tell me a little about where you see that in scripture. That phrase, gnashing yeah, of teeth, when
1: people are in hell,
0: <laughs> okay, dead, yeah, literally death. So yes. this boy is experiencing death. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. It's this separation, this death separation for God. We hear this, "Oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you?" That's language often used in the Old Testament when Israel is. Wow fighting with sin. How long have I told you this, right? You can think of like when Moses goes up on the mountain, like how long am I to do this? How long Mm -hmm. am I to bear with you? How long, how long, how long? And so that's interesting. Interesting, interesting. Struggle to follow God's demands causes us to sin, causes us to be a part of the gnashing of teeth, a place Mm -hmm. where it's bad. Then it talks about, this is the great, this, this to me is just, oh, such a, Piece of worship for this passage, the father comes to him, kneels. This is his only child, and says that if you can do anything, have compassion. Mm. Every time in Scripture, God and Jesus are moved by compassion Mm. for His people. Mm. Ultimately, that's why Jesus came to us. Mm -hmm. For God sent His only Son, right? Mm -hmm. That whole thing. So that's that's interesting. Um, He's moved by his covenantal one, and it says, if you can all things are possible for hmm. the one who believes. So we who are dead, mm-hmm. who will be sentenced to the gnashing of teeth that we've been born with, literally the father responds. He says, I, I believe it helped my unbelief. Isn't that us all? God's not requiring mm-hmm. our perfection mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this, our commitment to be perfect. He wants us to literally cry out confession and belief that saves us. But The father wasn't perfect. He's like, help my unbelief. Mm, mm -hmm. And so Jesus meets us in our imperfection, where we are dead to bring us to life, to literally take us by the hand, to lift us up and to arise. I just, I think that there's so much more there as a picture of Christ's ultimate authority, Mm. right? Like this points to the bigger story of the gospel. Death can only be driven out by prayer. Our Mm. confession, our belief Mm. is what Mm. saves us. Mm. Um, Jesus cries out literally a prayer. I commit myself to you. Mm-hmm. I commit my life into your hands. Like our ultimate help and savior is Jesus Christ. And so I don't know that I'm correct, but I think that the boy was actually dead. Mm-hmm. And just literally raised him to life. Mm-hmm. And it's pointing to a bigger story about us also, getting the opportunity to be raised to life in our own imperfection. He is our ultimate savior. So I don't know, those are some nuggets.
1: Let me, let me, uh, let me just ask this, it's so random. Where did you get all? <laughs> I'll oh, yeah, for real. Where did you, like, are you pulling commentaries? Or are you just no, like looking at stuff? I didn't read a single
0: commentary for this. Yeah.
1: Mary, this is, okay. I knew you didn't read any commentaries. That's what I'm asking because I've had to <laughs> preach this passage and I have all these question marks in my Bible. Do you? Even things like, but Jesus didn't pray here. He's like, this is going to be But, but and every other like,
0: time he raises somebody from the dead, he does. Yeah. So do we just not know? Again, this is a first sure, person account. Sure.
1: But if this, if the word is deeper, if this, if, you know, then Jesus immediately tells about his death and resurrection. That's yeah. literally the next verse. Yes, and it, to your point, you just said it happens right after the transfiguration. And Mark is actually doing a really thematic thing throughout mm-hmm. his uh, gospel. That's profound, girl. <laughs> I, I want to take a minute to publicly honor you. I'm being some for of real. those last thoughts got no, a little bit jointed no as didn't. I was trying to, but I'm still yeah, yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to Listen, figure receive, out how it all fits blessing, so, okay, girl. I stop talking. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> that was profound. Like that's so, so, so good. And I want to honor you really specifically for two reasons. One, because I can tell you actually dove into this and that that takes a ton of work. I have to write sermons every week. I know how long that took. So that's just a blessing to our people. But also I want to honor you because I think that, I mean, I've never read that in a commentary. Like I'm reading hmm. these people who are super... I've read minimum three or four commentaries on this Mm -hmm. passage, perhaps more. Never have I heard Hmm. anything like that. Really, And so for you as a woman to have this theological depth, like even just thinking about our desire, your desire, my desire too, Mm -hmm. to see women become theologians, to see them step up and to be able to explain and exegete the scripture in a way that like, There are all these things. That was profound, Mary. Thank you. That was like really, really good.
0: Thank you. I was most Um, nervous about answering that question. (laughs) No, that was...
1: I'm like, I I want to go in deeper because I don't know either. And I think your humility at the start is really important because we don't know. And you're like, hey, I don't know, but I think Mm -hmm. maybe this is what's happening.
0: For right now, that's where I've landed. What an interesting and beautiful way to worship with what understanding I have right now.
1: Totally. And it's like, man, I don't know either, but that... That at least makes me have a bunch of nuggets to go back and to like meditate on. And I do think too, like one of the things that's not mentioned here, uh, even in any of our questions is even mm-hmm. just this idea of deliverance. Mm. It's like, gosh, okay. So like we're supposed to be cast not demons. It's like, y- yes, actually. Mm. That's literally throughout the gospels and post gospels and into the book of Acts and into the epistles. And so it's like, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to get way too in the weeds about there's some books that I've read. There's some things to talk about. But often it is this humility with Christ in prayer. Mm. Actually, as elders, we will do that often where we will lay hands on people, Mm -hmm. pray for them, for their physical healing. Yes, but even their spiritual healing, their deliverance to cast out these, these things that are oppressing that are like that is really clear throughout the scriptures that, our words matter. There's authority. Our actions matter. Mm-hmm. We give allegiance to. Yes. And we give the ability to be influenced by based on our actions. And there are times we need to cast out their different things. And so yeah. deliverance questions aren't really scattered throughout this. But I'm like, no, that is a piece of actually yeah. spiritual warfare. How you do that… I think sometimes people, in the same way that people can take the Bible and just start teaching, Mm -hmm. and they're saying Mm -hmm. false things and they're arrogant with it because they don't know how to do this. Yes, I think we could do that with something like deliverance. I think we do that with something like prayer, even right? Yeah. But I think it matters. But I just that was so good, girl. Thank you. That was like really, really good. Shoot. Um. Let me ask. We have just a couple more questions, real quick. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you one more. Okay. Um. How do you talk to people that differ from you when thinking about spiritual warfare? Mm. Maybe y'all have different perspectives. For one person, everything is Satan. For the next person, nothing is Satan. For one person, how do you actually talk to people? This is maybe more of a relational question here. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think this is so good. And I think that um, not to oversimplify it, but also to somewhat simplify it, um, we don't always all agree about everything we believe, mm-hmm. and so there's an importance to that. There is a grace to understanding that we're all growing. Like I'm going to grow from now until forever, mm-hmm. all of eternity. We're still going to be Lord about the mm-hmm. Lord, and so I think to approach people with grace that they're in their own place in their walk with Jesus is a great place of heart posture to start. Um, I think Proverbs 17 or 27. 17, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. I don't think we should be afraid. Mm. I think we need to be, I think truth is truth. Let's start with that. If someone is and about speaking something that isn't true from the Bible, we need to gently and kindly rebuke them. We talked about that in the first Timothy passage. We need to like false teaching. We we need to be very firm on that. However, there is value in Things like when we have a conversation and we're trying to figure out what a passage means and we both have things to glean, that's iron sharpening iron. Sometimes that creates sparks. Mm. We got to be okay with a little friction mm-hmm. um, and trying to grow into understanding, but have love and kindness and a pursuit of truth together. Mm. Not to see someone as an enemy if they don't understand something the same way as you, but an opportunity to grow. Yeah, yeah. And so I think too, like, Fighting for unity is so important. We Mm -hmm. see that all the time. And the gospel is of first importance. So if we're getting too in the weeds of like, if you feel really differently about the passage that I just came up with an answer and you strongly disagree with my answer, thank you. Mm. Like, that's great. I would love to learn more. I would love to know more. But it's like the gospel is of first importance. If we are not applying that to what we're learning, if not we're applying that to what we're doing, then like that's not Really helpful. And, and and honestly, I think the most powerful thing we have f- to engage with spiritual warfare with one another is just the Great Commission. Yeah. Making disciples, believing. And so pursuing truth together is good. I don't know if you have anything to add, but
1: that's really good. I think it's
0: very similar to other things we mm. believe and are trying to understand um, in scripture. Discipleship is important for this. We need to be in a safe place to have these conversations and to sharpen mm. one another with actual truth. I'm holding yeah. the Bible and shaking it. Actual truth. <laughs>
1: that's good. That's yeah. good.
0: Cool. All right, it's your turn. I've talked so long. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is a, I'm, I'm honestly worshiping you. Kind of okay, like, I don't good. even want to answer any more questions. Uh, this is, this good. is yes. really fun.
0: Okay, so what uh, is your thought on why special warfare seems more obvious in other countries compared to America?
1: Um, I forgot this question was next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I um, I think that it seems obvious. Because we are looking for the external signs versus the internal signs. Mm. If we look a little bit more at the internal signs, which we talked about more during the first part of the spiritual warfare conversation, I'm like, is it more obvious? We over here worshiping money like nobody's business. And Christ made it really clear you cannot worship God and mammon. We're over here, all sorts of idolatry around our look
0: around
1: Mm -hmm. our body types, around gender issues, around sexuality and sexual things, around um, abortion stuff, around racial stuff, around the way we treat the refugee, the way that we treat the widow, the way we treat the elder, the way that we submit to authority. Hello. The way that we Mm. like, are we sure that if, if Satan is in the business of, in the midst of sin, are we sure mm. that it's more obvious here or there? Or might it be even more obvious here?
0: Mm. Might it be
1: that we're even more under, we're just looking for somebody climbing on the walls and that being how we're like, oh, that's demonic. Yeah, you're right. That is demonic. But also when when you go home and you just don't want to be in the scriptures, is that what's who who is mm. what's influencing this? Like, are we sure that? So I think the internal external is a big piece of that. I do think from the external perspective, because there is more of a um, acceptance mm. of spiritual reality mm-hmm. in other cultures, then you see it more clearly. Because there's an acceptance. And so if Satan were to remain mm. hidden the way he does here, yes. then they'd be like, oh, I guess Satan's not amongst us. And there may be a propensity towards God. yeah. Versus they already accept it. So Bumi's out in the open. Whereas we, very logical, Western, everything is linear, don't accept it as much. When somebody is struggling with depression, we will only say that that is mm. a, a, a mental chemical health, imbalance. a chemical imbalance issue. Often, yeah. Which, yes, that is that may actually even be the majority of the time but also i have as somebody who has no chemical imbalance uh i don't think i didn't share the story about being cursed did i that one time
0: no you missed that one yeah we yeah we left yeah. that one out but that's yeah. a good one
1: i literally somebody walked past me and said a curse over me somebody said they just cursed you And I fell into like a suicidal depression for like three days, never having experienced that. Never somebody laid hands on me, prayed for me, cast out, delivered. Boom, I'm back to my normal self. I'm totally fine. And I'm like, we just don't believe in that here. No, we don't. And so because we don't, why would the enemy expose himself like that? So that all of a sudden we're all attuned to what you and I've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And we're more Mm -hmm. spiritual as a result. No, if he can lull us to sleep— That is better. So they accept it. So he attacks more directly. We reject it. So he attacks more passively. tries to rock us to sleep. Both are forms of attack. It just depends on what you're looking for, internal versus external.
2: Gosh,
0: that's so good.
1: Yeah. Would would you you add anything
0: to that? I just, yeah. I want to fully, like, I agree. I think we have been... We are more utterly deceived mm. than we think we are. Yeah. And I think you you really put the nail in the coffin on that one when you talked about how um we don't accept. We don't accept this as true. Mm-hmm. We don't accept it as real. And so he, it's like, I think about like water. See, I'm just like envisioning this like water. And we're like on the boat, rocking around, having a good time. Like we've got no spiritual warfare. And there's like this is like Thing coming up at us and it's like uh, going to murder us or something. You know, like right there's just this. like just waiting like mm-hmm. they're controlling the currents and they're driving us into like sirens almost like into mm. rocks and all of these things that will destroy us. It's just like we don't see. Yeah. We don't accept. I think the acceptance piece is huge. So that's really good. I all agree. right. We have one more question. I think okay. we're going to we're going to do one more question. So right. I think this is a really good one. Um, Tori, you mentioned in your hometown having a certain vibe and kind of darkness um, feeling in the previous spiritual episode, Pushback Darkness. Um, and you said that you feel that... Uh, so the question is, when you feel that, would you frequent that place or area more often in an effort to push back more darkness or less often for your own health? So when we start being... I guess this is a great question to like... When we start being aware of darkness and dark spaces and dark places, like, what do we do? You can use your hometown as yeah. that...
1: Example? Um, it depends, I would say. So I think that there are times where we press right in because you have the spirit of the living God inside of you and demons flee at His presence. Mm-hmm. There is no power on in heaven or on earth or under the earth that even remotely matches to God. In fact, add up all of the powers that have ever existed and they would not be more powerful than our mm-hmm. God is. And so you now have that spirit. You not have these faults. You have that spirit mm-hmm. that is dwelling inside of you, that owns you, to your point way earlier. He has purchased you. He is dwelling. You can go into those spaces. You can do warfare there. Yeah. The warfare is sharing the gospel, bringing people into the kingdom of light, yes. helping them exit darkness. The more they do that, the more they live by his kingdom, his rules, holiness comes, reigns, pushbacks, here, darkness. The more lights, thing. the less dark. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, sometimes you go into that. Sometimes I think that there could be a weakness about going into that, and you should not go into those Mm -hmm. spaces if you do not have maybe the intimacy with the spirit that is necessary or the um, like strength to like walk in the spirit in the Mm -hmm. way that is healthy. What it reminds me of, this is not a, I'm not using this passage as a biblical reference to my answer. I'm using it as an analogy. okay? Okay. But it reminds me of is the weaker brother in eating meat sacrificed to mm, idols, mm. which ironically is a spiritual warfare thing. Yes, but Paul is like, hey, we know that you can't actually do that because those things are that they're they're not real. They're not. So this is, however, what we also know and believe is that hey, if this stains your conscience, you shouldn't do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This th- that that is maybe even the Lord keeping you, protecting you. So I think in a really similar vein, that's all I would answer. There is like um, I feel very equipped to go into certain places of darkness. It does not scare me. I feel like I know the scriptures. I know what's happening. I can just push and push and push, knowing that it has no threat against me. Ultimately, mm. might it? Might there be fear? Might there be oppression? Temptation, even? yeah. Temptation, yes. There, suffering. yes. Might there be suffering? I know who's resurrecting this body, and so yes. But there are other ones straight up that I can't. It goes as simple as to the movies that I watch. Mm. The shows that I watch. There are some shows that I watch that I know you can't watch. We just had this conversation we yesterday. Did, like, Our staff team went to yeah. Loro for a little fun time. And we were talking, hey, there are certain shows you can't watch, I'm totally fine with. Yep. Vice versa… You're like, oh, I love this. I'm like, I could never watch that. It grates against my spirit, Mm -hmm. and the other one grates against your spirit. Mm -hmm. So I think that you almost know you have the spirit. Are you in tune with the spirit? Are you listening? Listen. So that's how I answer that. I think that's good. Yeah. There's so
0: many more questions. So many things we we can talk about. But y'all have been patient with us. Let me let me do this.
1: this Um, I would love to instead of the okay. So now what? Mm -hmm. Like, what do we do now? We've had two kind of application pieces. Yeah. Um. Would you just pray over our people um, as the, okay, so now what? Mm. And just pray over... Me? Not you? yeah, you? Yeah, you. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I would love to receive prayer even. So. All right.
0: Okay. Well then, yeah. Let's pray together. If you're in your car, keep your eyes open, but join, join us. <laughs> Please do that. Join us in prayer. Um, holy, holy God. Um, I thank you. That you are above all things, that you are separate, and that you are glorious, um, and that we will live in that light, that we can worship in that light, and that all of eternity will be spent basking in your glory and in your beauty and in your sufficiency yes. and in your provision. Um, I thank you that you have given us a way out of the darkness that though we struggle with the flesh and we struggle to resist temptation and sin and we are caught and we are ensnared and we Mm. are captured, Mm. you sent your son that we might be restored, that we might be redeemed. Lord, that we would be free that we would be indwelt by Your spirit to have the power to overcome darkness, not only within ourselves, but within those around us and within this world. And so Lord, I just pray um, for those who are not believers that are listening to this conversation. Lord, would they come to know you? Yeah, would they know your love, your desire to grab their hands and to let them arise for you are their help. You are the redeemer. Yeah. Um, and God, I just ask that for the, and, that we who are Christians would belong to a body, that we would belong to what hmm. you have designed to cover us and protect us so that iron would sharpen iron, so that hmm. the spirits would gather together to be such a bright light that darkness would not penetrate. Yeah, yeah. Holy Spirit, would you cover us, God? Would you cover us with your goodness, with your truth, with your power, with your protection? Lord, that we would be able to resist the devil and his schemes, that we would flee from the sins in our life. Would you shine a light within our own hearts to see the ways that we have been deceived or we do not accept yeah. the Satan's fight against Mm. us, the Mm. demonic warfare, the spiritual warfare that fights us, that desires us. He is a prowling lion waiting in Mm. the weeds to snatch us away. Lord, I thank you that we are owned by you, that we cannot be overcome, but Lord, we could be influenced. And so I pray against that. I pray that your truth would be louder and would speak above all other things in our hearts. Holy Spirit, would we not be deaf to your... Um, urges within us, the things that you try to speak to us to tell us to stay away or to put up guardrails, would we see boundaries and guidelines as important to our faith, as protection and as love from you? And so mm. shine a light in us mm. to lift guardrails, to lift and see areas that we shouldn't be touching in our lives. Would you reveal sin to us? Any sins that are causing us to be um, influenced and potentially even controlled mm. by things that we are enslaved to sin? Would you flee? us? Would you give us sight to see? Would you give us a heart of confession and a desire and the ability to walk in repentance yeah. that we would be your people? We are your beloved children made in your image. Help us to resist the devil and to be and to look more like you, to be clothed in your righteousness, to love one another and to redeem the world alongside you. Yeah. Um, Jesus, we love you. We love you so much. We thank you that you are the one who made this possible, Mm. that you are our true savior and redeemer. And we declare you as Lord over our lives. Help us to walk in that. In your holy and precious name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Well said, friend. Well said. (laughs) It's a pleasure to do this with you. Love y'all.
0: Love y'all. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and share. For more information, visit our website at www.thewellaustin.com podcast.